Hello and welcome back to the Small World Podcast. My name's Rohan. And I'm Rishfer. And today we have Yemisi Badmis with us. How are you, Yemisi? I'm doing good. All right. So to start off, tell us a little about、um, where you're from, where your ancestors are from, and your cultural identity.、Um, so ethnicity-wise, I am Korean. I'm African American, and、um, I'm Nigerian as well. So, my dad was born in Nigeria, and that's where his family is from. My mom was born in Korea, and that's where my grandma's family is from. But my grandfather's on my mom's side of the family. My grandfather、um, descended from slaves in the in the United States. Hmm.、Okay. So, how has that combination of different cultures and different identities shaped you and your life? Well, there's all these di- well, there's all these different values coming in, coming into play. Like when you look at、uh, when you look at Korean culture, Korean culture is very、um, Korean culture is very like structured, you could say. Where、mm-hmm. when like growing up, there's certain achievements that everybody has to reach. So there's all so there's like that competitive aspect, and then in African culture, there's also a thing. About always respecting respecting your elders and respecting、um, people that are older than you, and so it's just、mm-hmm. it's very different cultures that come into play, and that's how they have shaped me with with their values. Yeah. So, would you say that you have more of a Korean or like African American influence or Nigerian? That's actually that's hard to say. Like, I would say probably. Probably more an African American influence, more than likely, because、oh, okay. that's how that's how most people just perceive me when I when I come、mm. into when I come into the world. They perceive me as just African American, but they don't differentiate from the Nigerian and from the Korean. So that's how that's how most of the world has probably perceived me up until now. But African culture really has always played a large part in my life.、Um, Whether it's just the community of Nigerian Americans that I'm surrounded by, or whether it's just the different values that came into play, that's how really African culture has influenced me. That's cool.、Uh, so, have you ever visited Korea to see like the extreme difference from、uh, how you're how you were brought up and versus how、uh, Koreans over there are brought up? No, I haven't actually, and I haven't visited Nigeria either. Even though my dad's told me that he would、um, take me to Nigeria, but my grandmother's told me about the different ways that she, ways that they live. My grandmother、um, visited visits a lot, but nobody in like my mom doesn't visit Korea a lot, and nobody in, like my grandfather doesn't visit Korea a lot. It's usually just my grandmother traveling back there. Oh, okay, that's right. Cool. So, do you know、um, a little more about how your Um, grand grandparents came here.、Um, for example, from Korea, do you know how your grandma got here?、Um, and, and do you have any stories about that?、Um, basically, what happened? They met. My grandfather and my grandmother met when my grandfather was serving in the Korean War, and that's how、mm-hmm. they met each other. And so, after the Korean War, I know that my mom was born in Korea. My mom was born in Korea. I think they got married in like 1965 in Korea. Wow!、Mm-hmm. And then they moved back to they moved back to United States, and because and through my through my grandfather, 
um, my my grandmother was able to get a visa, I think, and then later she became a citizen. And my mom was all my mom was always a birthright citizen because my grandfather was a citizen. So oh, yeah. they came after the Korean War, right? Yes. So did they come just um, um, did they come for a new opportunity, or was it the the tensions that were still going on in Korea? I think it was mostly I think it was mostly for like new opportunity or just because you know they just wanted to move back to the mm-hmm. United States because that's where a lot that's where most of the opportunities were so probably that um, yeah yeah it was probably it was probably that they moved back for new opportunities because mm-hmm. this yeah, after definitely. I think I think after my grandfather finished serving in the army he became a carpenter mm-hmm. and that's wow yeah and It's interesting that you um, bring up the Korean War because in our previous episode, we interviewed Ethan and his family came from the Vietnam War. After that war ended, they came um, with the riverboat people and they came to the United States. So it's interesting that the it's interesting the migration that wars can create and um, how all these things can come together. A lot of, yeah, U.S. is looked Mm -hmm. upon as like a safe haven, right? So, yeah. after anything serious, like, violent happens, most people <laughs> tend to just leave. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, what what would you say, um, how's, how's the food influence? Like, um, what are the dishes from both Korean and, like, I guess Nigerian, or just American dishes? Like, um, how balanced is that in your diet? And what, um... what would some of them be? Most of, most of the Korean and Nigerian food I usually eat when it comes to like special occasions. Mm-hmm. So for Korean for Korean food, I usually have that whenever I just go over to my grandmother's house, which is like um, maybe twice a month. Not now, really, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, so I can't go visit them. Um, but mm-hmm. whenever I go over to my grandmother's house, she usually has things like bulgogi, which is like beef. She usually has japchae, which is like glass noodles and they have like vegetables with them um on special occasions like thanksgiving or easter even though i don't celebrate easter but my grandmother does uh we make yakimandu which is basically which are dumplings koreans uh, korean dumplings are just different from from other dumplings in asia in that koreans put tofu in their dumplings and that's ba- mm. and that's the main difference in there and so I- that's it. And so those sort of foods that we kind of eat. There's also more. Um, my grandmother sometimes makes this food, makes tteokbokki, which is a kind of, it's a Korean street food, but it's like basically, it's basically spicy rice and fish cakes. And then on the Nigerian side, that's usually whenever I go to like, whenever I go to parties with my dad or like, we have something, we have something here. But Nigerian food, you have like jollof rice, um, you have fufu, which is basically like ground up cassava yams and it's kind of like turned into a small dough. You have eforiro, which is a vegetable stew. And that's pretty cool. Then you have just like various meats that are like, it's like goat, beef, um, chicken, fish. And that's, and that's most of what we, that's most of what we eat. So you would oh. say you have like a wide diversity of flavor and different food um, because oh, yeah. of that combination of cultures. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
That's so cool. and yeah. um, go ahead, Rafer. Okay. Uh, do you take uh, pride in that in your in your mixed culture? I mean, of course. Um, okay. Like, it's just it's just part of who I am, and I'm proud. I'm proud to say that I'm Korean American, and I'm proud to say that I'm African American, and I'm proud to say that I'm Nigerian American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really definitely. And mm-hmm. in our first podcast, we talked a little bit about um, with with Rajfer about the way that he was perceived um, by his own culture. So because you are mixed, um, how do others who are like, let's say, fully Korean, how do they perceive you? Do they still perceive you as Korean? Or um, how does that affect you and your life? Um, most people, I would say that I would say to them, I'm Korean, and then they, it's because I don't automatically look Korean to them. A lot right. of them, it takes it takes a bit for them to get used to the idea of me being mm-hmm. Korean, and especially since I don't, I can't speak Korean because when my when my mom moved to moved to the United States when she was three, she just completely forgot all the Korean that she knew. So wow. sometimes, yeah. so I know a couple of Korean words but I pronounce them terribly. <laughs> and so it's <laughs> yeah. just, when I meet like other Korean people, the thing is about, they don't, the thing is about Korean people when they move to the United States, there is often a tension with that, between them, with me being black, mm-hmm. uh, even within my own family. Cause my, I have Korean relatives that live in New York city. And so they got here because they got here because my, grandmother's a citizen and my grandmother got here because my grandfather was a citizen and so what what happens is, is that they have like a restaurant in like a Korean community up in New York but when my grandmother was coming to visit them they told her not to bring my aunt Tammy because my aunt Tammy is black mm-hmm. wow oh. so you would you would say that um, being like a mix has sort of distorted people's perceptions a bit. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there's just like it's just like a thing, I guess. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. It, they just they just didn't my relatives they just didn't want people in their own Korean community to know that they were related to black people. Right. Oh. So you talked about a little about your food and um some of the dishes so around here where we live in plano um do you know some good um korean or nigerian restaurants around town that are um, good places to eat at um most of the korean food i eat at come i i eat comes from my grandmother's place but right. hmart hmart has some good hmart has some mm-hmm. uh good restaurants in there for korean food yeah and then I do enjoy bibimbap from uh, burning rice, mm-hmm. and then there's some there's some good Korean there's some good Korean barbecue places around Plano. I think there's one I forget the name of it, but there's one by 75 and Spring Creek. Mm, okay. And then when it comes to yeah. Nigerian food, Nigerian food you're gonna mostly find that not really in Plano, but you're gonna find it more in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So in North Dallas, there's like two places that I know there's like Yemble and then there's Aggies and then 
if I ever, if my dad usually orders, like if he's getting catering Nigerian food, he gets it from a lady in Arlington. Mm. And those so, are the places that I know, really. Are the Nigerian, um, is the Nigerian influence bigger there in Dallas and Arlington than it is here? Yeah, I think you, I think you could say that. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's a good community of Nigerian Americans in here, in Plano, but there's not... It's not as big as it is in Dallas or in like Frisco, like or right. Frisco, but like more, but like more towards Fort Worth, because the mosque that I usually go to that has uh, that has a lot of Nigerian Muslims there, that's mm-hmm. all the way in Irving. So okay. it's like every time I want to go there, it's like it's like a thirty-minute drive. Yeah, and I know there's still a good influence of Nigerian Americans in Plano because I know like. Jonathan, Jonathan Ajay, he plays for the, he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Mm-hmm. He's, a, his real name is Olua Damilola, and he's from, um, he's from, I think, Frisco, and he grew up with my brother. Wow. Oh. And my family, my family still talks to his father a lot. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's really awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, what are some festivals as well? Could you explain some festivals that you celebrate from from the multiple cultures? Um, festivals from really festivals from really um, Korean culture. That would a lot. That would a lot be like. Those are often rooted in religion, and like, like there's Korean New Year. Obviously, there's Korean New Year definitely, and so. I go over to my grandmother's house and we always celebrate that. And, you know, we eat, we eat Korean food and we just celebrate the day by being together. But a lot of the oh, festivals okay. over there are rooted in like kind of ancestor worship. And so the oh. thing is that my grandma, my grandmother is actually Christian. So she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't celebrate a lot. She doesn't celebrate a lot of those. And on the oh. Nigerian side, a lot of holidays over there are rooted in religion as well. Um, so I mostly celebrate holidays that all of the Muslims celebrate, like Eid, um, the New Year, and th- and things like that. And then there's also is, oh sorry, then also just like Ameri- regular American holidays. Yeah, oh that's cool. And uh, also is um, your Nigerian side also kind of. Um, do they like pray to their uh, ancestors and stuff like that or is that only with the korean side um when you look at with the nigerian side most people most people in the town that my dad grew up in were actually christian so they didn't so they didn't pray to their ancestors and so most people most people in nigeria they're either um they're either christian or they're muslim Hmm. but they're so interesting yeah there is like a tradition in in Nigeria where it's like it's for it's like a baby naming ceremony. So it's like you don't give the baby's name immediately at the hospital. What you you mm-hmm. have like a you have like another ceremony where you name the baby eight days later, and then that's where mm-hmm. you pick out the baby name. Wow. Oh. So. Interesting. What are the? So you talked about being. Um, a Muslim and so you said that derives primarily from um, your your Nigerian side because a lot of them they were Muslims Um, so 
how does that religion play a role in your life and how does that impact the way others perceive, perceive you um, when they look at you and um, interact with you? Well, the majority of people usually usually perceive me first as a Christian. They first think I'm a Christian because a lot of African-Americans um, in the United States, the majority of them are actually Christian. And right. Christianity, Christianity and Islam are actually are actually very similar religions. They're just they just deviate mostly when it comes to Jesus. And yeah. so, um, how that influenced me in my life was well, really just it's really just the way I grew up, like fasting during Ramadan or um, visiting visiting my mosque whenever I can. Um, just like that thing where people freak out when they hear that I've never eaten pork. Yeah, <laughs> they they lose their minds. Um, yeah, and it's it's influenced me in a lot of ways, but most of most of all, like the thing that influenced me the most probably is um, the emphasis the emphasis on charity in Islam, and mm. that's probably that's probably the part of Islam that has influenced me the most. Where the big the biggest emphasis really is like just. If you can, if you can at all, give to charity, like you absolutely should. And so yeah. that's what I, that's what I try to do during, um, whenever I have like spare cash that I can. If like, mm-hmm. like that's the thing that me that me and my sister will always do. Like if we see some, if we see a homeless man on the road and we're we're driving and he says that he, he's holding up a sign that says. He needs money for new shoes so that way he can go to a job interview. We usually always pull over and give him and give him some cash. Yeah, or, that's that's really oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Or my sister, she says like, if she ever has like extra food that she that she hasn't eaten yet, and she's not that she hasn't eaten, and she sees somebody on the street that that's hungry, then she gives it to them. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that's nice. those are just those are just the ways that Islam has influenced has influenced my family personally. Yeah, and we talked a bit with Omar in one of our previous podcasts about the similarities between um, Christianity and Islam, and Islam because um, the Abrahamic origins—they're both Abrahamic religions—and um, we talked about the misconceptions many people, especially in the United States, have about Islam. Oh, yeah. um, but here we see that um, a lot of the values are very positive and want to make an impact on the world. Because we talked a little bit about, um, 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 Omar talked a bit about being a jihadi, sacrificing yourself um, for the betterment. And lots of people, they um, that has become like a racial slur um, against many Muslims. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good that you brought up the good side um, and what the religion actually is compared to people's perceptions. Yeah, like um, a lot of people, yeah. they think that a lot of people believe that Islam is like Islam. It's a very oppressive religion, and a lot yeah. of people will believe that it's a very misogynistic religion. Where I I find that to be the opposite of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, because Islam was like one of the first re- one of the first religions to say that in a marriage both the man and woman must consent to the marriage for it to be um, for it to be like halal instead of haram. 
Yeah. And so yeah. I thought, and so there's multiple phrases in the Quran, and there's multiple things that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said. Um, mm-hmm. like, like there's just multiple verses in the Quran and hadiths that will completely refute the idea that Islam is a misogynistic religion and that it oppresses women. Yeah. So, based on your religion and your racial background, uh, what are some traditions you have? Um, for example, in marriage, um, or any important dates, or like worshipping the dead or ancestors, um, what are some of those traditions? And uh, do you have any superstitions that go along with them? Um, not many super not many superstitions to be honest. Um, when it comes to when it comes to like things like marriage, there's always with Ni- with Nigerians there's always like a huge party that lasts until like two a.m. Mm-hmm. Also, Nigerians always a lot always arrive late. That's not that's not a stereotype. It's just true. Um, oh. Same thing with the Indians. <laughs> it is. It's really true. Like my family had a graduation party, and it's over at like eleven, and then we're we're at home. Somebody calls us, and they're like, "Are we in the right place?" It's like twelve, and it's like the party's over. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gone. Um, yeah. When it comes to traditions like marriage or important dates, I don't know much about. I don't know much about the Korean side. Yeah. Um. When it comes to the Nigerian side, like we've been we've been to weddings before, but nobody none of the kids in my family have ever gotten married so far. None of none of my siblings have gotten married, so I've never actually seen any of those traditions being carried out. Like so far in the United States what I've seen is like it's kind of it's kind it's very similar to like to like just a normal wedding in the United States. Um yeah. when I want to say I know that my parents my parents um they just got married at the courthouse and then they had a reception later mm. and that's what and that's how they got married in the United States in the United States oh. yeah okay that's cool so um based on um you said a bit about gatherings how people are always um, showing up late or the <laughs> gatherings are like going on forever um, so in the United States in your school um, around your community do you tend to um, gather more with people of the same religion or of the same ethnicity um, well it depends on whether it's like a family engagement like something that my where my whole family is going to, or whether it's something that I I'm just going, or I'm just going to myself, because the majority of my friends are either Asian American or their or their families are from South Asia. Yeah. Um, and then if it's something that my family's going to, um, me and my mom we might we sometimes we go to my mom me and my mom we go to um, a Korean festival, isn't that's in Dallas? It happens mm-hmm. every year. And then if it's on my dad's side, then we're usually going to then we're usually going to somewhere like Cedar Hills or we're going to Irving and we're going to and we're gathering with like Nigerian with a lot of Nigerian Americans. Yeah. And that's cool. Hey, so, uh, so yeah. wait. All right. Go ahead, Rafer. Okay. 
Uh, so how many other cultures do you think that are uh, similar to yours? Um, yeah. Well, in Nigeria, there's like, in Nigeria, there's like different tribes. So my specific tribe is called Yoruba. And so mm-hmm. there are a lot of, there are multiple cultures um, throughout, the, throughout Africa that are very similar um, to Yoruba. Um, one that I think is very similar yeah, is Igbo. Which is another, which is another tribe that's in Africa. It's like mm-hmm. we eat the same food. Um, the cloves are very similar. It's just the names and the language that I think is very, that I think are different. So, um, in Africa, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but in Africa, is it like d- does uh, the economy still operate like by tribes, or there's, I mean, there's cities and stuff, right? So, in the cities, um, are there like distinctions by tribes or? Um, communities like that or what's it like you know um, so in Nigeria in Nigeria there's like there's just certain places where tribes just reside like not natural like not like forced or anything it's just kind of happened like that and so the Yoruba tribe I think was mostly in north in the north um, but my dad my dad was from south was from the south so he was like deep he was like deep in Iboland and there was like there's been like multiple divisions over that or like wars between um Yoruba between Yoruba and Igbo people and I remember during like I think it was like it was like back in like the 20th century in 1950s 1960s I think maybe 1970 I don't I'm not sure the time frame um, but mm-hmm. there was once where the Yorubas, they just cut off like all supplies to Ebolan. And so there oh. was, there was a very large famine and starvation that happened there. And so oh. a lot of the, the younger generation in Nigeria has, pre- has kind of forgotten about that. Like there's not that much tribe division now, but mm-hmm. there's still like a lot of older there's still like a lot of older um evils evil people that are very distrustful of yoruba people oh that's uh wow. that's pretty interesting seeing that it's the, also, the it's also tribal why culture had to, they had to build a new capital because of it because they said mm-hmm. like the old capital lagos lagos was too mm-hmm. far into where yoruba yoruba land is so they had to build a new one in, and they called it Abuja, and that mm-hmm. one, and that one's in more of the center. Of wow! Nigeria. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, you talked a little bit about the some of the conflicts that have happened in around Africa. Um, so, looking back on Korea, how is the divisions even today between the north and the south how has that impacted um your culture or um your grand your grandma and mom's side of the family with going back there um has like the divisions um prevented you from going back there or um how do they affect you today I mean, when it comes to the North Korean and South Korean conflict, I've I've asked my grandma how she feels about it. If she's like, do you think do you think they could be united under one state again? And then she's and then she's like, she she's not sure really. She's yeah. not sure really. And my family my family is really from Seoul in South Korea, mm-hmm. 
so we just so my grandmother visited my grandmother visited Seoul a lot whenever whenever she can she sends us photos back from there and so when it comes to the conflict about that like there's a lot of tension there's a lot of like discussion in Korea but my grandmother my grandmother personally she's just like she's not sure about it and yeah my mother she my mom's not sure about it either but they now they now live in the United States and so they they don't see themselves moving back to Korea anytime soon but mm-hmm. i think they just don't want they just don't want any tensions to be heightened and escalated cuz obviously like no, north korea does have nuclear weapons mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. so even though the the weapons might not be able to hit the united states they don't they can still very much attack um south korea and devastate and devastate the land and they can attack Seoul which is where my family lives. Yeah. So it's just kind of like um the cold war that constant paranoia of the nuclear yeah. attacks. So yeah, that's 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 really interesting cuz it's interesting how um back in the 60s when your grandparents came after that war Mm-hmm. the impacts of that war are still in Korea and still have an impact on the people even who migrated away so um, oh, i mean it's like it's just yeah. it's still it's the only the Korean war didn't ever change anything that really yeah. happened in Korea it just reestablished like the pre-war the pre-war status yeah cuz there wasn't ever an armistice there there was an armistice but there wasn't ever a peace treaty that was yeah. signed yeah So, so the war is still going, still going on. on. Yeah. No one's fighting it. Yeah. Well, that's going to conclude this week's episode of the Small World podcast and um thank you for joining us, Yamasi. Thank you guys for having me. Yep, it was you. really great to learn about your culture, about your values and how um the mix of Nigerian American um and Korean have had an impact on your food. um your traditions how your religion has impacted that as well um so it was just uh really cool to hear a little more about you and um just thank you for joining us today thank you guys mm-hmm. thank you Mr. so once again i'm rohan and i'm rafer and this has been the small world podcast mm-hmm.